All right, Sulis, welcome to episode 12 of Sue Light. We're watching the NFL draft. The Vikings are about to pick. Tyler, rough day for uh, for your packs. You kind of went through the ringer today. What yeah. are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad that I was on the golf course when the news broke about the Packers, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, I was at I was at peace. I was on the golf course. I stayed off Twitter, ignored all messages. So, you know, everything looks good right now. There's not been any uh, news yet, so... Yeah, just happy to be here, happy to be talking to you boys about some hockey. Yeah, and it's been a while. We uh, we haven't had a podcast in quite a while. Let's bring in our other co-host here, Sam. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing great, doing great. Uh, as you said, uh, we haven't done this in a while, so it's glad to be back recording on some great new equipment we got from Deke's Pizza. I'm uh, trying it out. We got uh, some guests in the studio here with headsets on. It feels professional. Yeah, it does, and you mentioned our guests uh, we got we got some some friendly co-hosts that are going to be joining us today. Maybe chime in, give us their a few thoughts or so. Sam, hey Sulite, great to be here. Happy to be back, back and in person this time though. This is Willie. I would just like to say Tyler was not off of Twitter because we talked about it for a full two holes. So I just want to put that out there. Well, we're going to save the football talk for later on in the episode when we're talking about UND football. But first, boys, I mean. It's been about three weeks since we put out an episode, so we have to talk about the national championship. Uh, this year in the national championship game, UMass beat uh, the St. Clown State Husky women 5-0 to zero to win their first national title. Kind of an ugly game, pretty boring game. Do you guys have any thoughts on that game? I mean, it was a little upsetting to see St. Cloud not play well just because they're an NCHC team, but Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I, I thought that St. Cloud um, came out in the first 10 minutes. They came out um, hot. They kind of ran them in that first 10 minutes, and then and then UMass got a cheap one. They got a kind of a two-on-no. The defensemen took each other out. one nothing, and St. Cloud never never uh, recovered from that. Um, I mean, it, it was really disappointing. I thought that it was going to be a great game. Both the Frozen Four games were awesome games, um, and I thought that we were going to be in for a good one too. But St. Cloud was just defeated after that first goal. They looked tired. Um, UMass was the better team, obviously. They deserved it. It just hurt to watch. Um, it kind of sucked to watch, if I'm being honest, as a Sioux fan, knowing that, you know, we were the better team all year, and it just really, it really sucked to watch. So, I mean, that's all I got. St. Cloud was a better team in the early goings. Got, got deflated. That's it. Sam? Yeah, it was just a bad game. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It was just a horrible game from the start. You knew who was going to win. Actually, St. Cloud, from what I remember, I mean, this game was a while ago. They came out just buzzing, right? They had some great buzzing. opportunities right away. So it started out fun, but then uh, they got a turnover. UMass got that breakaway goal off the turnover that you mentioned. And uh, from there on out, it was just a horrible game. Like, it was tough for me to pay attention to even. I want to bring it back to uh, we caught some criticism for calling it St. Clown State. I mean, they just dropped the ball in the biggest game they've played in their uh, you know, school's history. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought that was funny, and I think we'll stand by that, right, St. Cloud State? Yeah, we almost have to. I mean, we got some flack on Twitter for being like poor sports or something just because we're calling St. Cloud State. I mean, they're they're our rival. What, what are we supposed to be nice to them? Yeah, like, we can poke fun. Yeah, we were rooting for them in the national championship game. Of course, we want an NCHC team to win, but that doesn't mean we're going to stop calling them nicknames and stuff. People make fun of us all the time for still calling ourselves a Sioux. So, but uh, and it was Master Saturday too. I mean, I would have rather watched the Masters on repeat than watch that game. I mean, that game was just boring, like you said, Sam. There was no juice from St. Cloud. It looked like they didn't even want to be there. It looked like a game in the middle of November. They were playing Bemidji State in a away series. So, yeah, that, 
it was kind of disappointing national championship game. It, it was brutal to watch, but you know what? We're moving forward as UND hockey fans. The sun will rise again tomorrow, and uh, we're moving on. And uh, there's been a lot of action in uh, U- the UND hockey world since the season has ended, picking up, what is it, like seven transfers? Uh, the team next year is going to be kind of non-recognizable from what we saw this year, at least on the front end. But uh, also NHL signings, Fuchs, you're kind of keyed in on two of them. Uh, We've been watching Shane Pinto do a great display of UND hockey, playing good defense for the Senators. You've been watching most of his games. Uh, What's been your takeaway from him uh, in the NHL so far? I mean, I think it's been surprising. I know he got put into that lineup initially, and it was just kind of a give him his debut type deal. But from what I hear on on Sens Twitter and just watching all their games, if 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 it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Right. And the Sens have been rolling. I mean, last time I looked, I think they're like six six wins in their last eight games, something like that. Like they're playing good hockey right now, and I think that Shane Pinto's had a a pretty big part in that. I mean, he's taking D zone faceoffs with five minutes left in a one goal game. He's blocking shots. Everybody saw that video of him eating the puck from Quinn Hughes. I mean, he's he's really kind of stepped in and he's playing as a role player. He's killing penalties there. So, I mean, I, it's not really a surprise to us Sioux fans, but I think that he's really making a name for himself in the NHL right now. Yeah, and if you watched him play, anybody who watched him play either on person or on TV when he was playing at the Ralph, I mean, he you knew that he was going to be a stud in the NHL. Not a stud, but you knew that he was going to fit in. And he, he fills a piece wherever he needs to be. He did that last year. He did that this year. Wherever they put him, he's going to succeed. And you see that this year. I mean, they plugged him in, like you said. Kind of was like a gimme first game, victory lap, no bucket on. And then, um, yeah, he they can't take him out of the lineup because he doesn't do anything wrong. He always makes the right play. I would just like to say, too, that's that goes to a lot of what Sioux hockey is. Like, a lot of people think that we are just a goal-scoring team. Uh, people around the college hockey community think we just score goals, and that's not what we are. If you look at our, our gameplay going to the NHL, like if you look at the way Pinto's played in, in Ottawa, I mean, he's a defensive man all the way around, and he's – all he did here was score goals. Like he's oh, well, let's not let's not say all he did was score goals. I mean, he, he doesn't turn the, the puck over. No, he, was no. the he doesn't turn the puck over. He's the defensive forward of the year in the NCHC. No, let's I, not count that. I out. know, but it it seems as though people don't take a look into what we do defensively here at at UND. Willie, a lot of a lot of the times, they I feel like people just look at us as a goal scoring team. Willie, we got to take advantage of you being here to talk to you about Mankato State. I mean, you're a diehard fan. We watched uh, almost all their games with you throughout the tournament, and probably saw the most emotion we saw out of any fan throughout the NCAA hockey Waterworks. tournament. I mean, what was that ride like for you from winning your first uh, NCAA tournament game, going all the way to the Frozen Four, beating the Gophers to get there? I mean, it was just as Tyler said, waterworks. I mean, it's it's tough, but. Like, I mean, you guys know I'm I'm a huge Sioux fan. I'm a huge MSU fan. I, as unfortunate as it is, I would have rather have seen both teams in there. But, you know, UMD, they came through with a late goal in the f- fifth overtime. What was it? Yeah, we don't and, talk about that and, on this podcast I mean, yeah, anymore. It fucking sucks. And I'm, I'm confident we were the better team in that game. They just got the best of us. And, but at the end of the day, MSU, they – they pulled one off and they pulled actually they pulled off two games and they just couldn't get it done and it's nice to see that for that program they they got a win out of their out of out of the way and they were able to make, make it onto the frozen four thanks for sharing that with us that was a very humble way to say yeah i cried on the floor of our apartment while i watched i, I cried i cried a lot that night and uh let's just say i didn't make it to the to the bed that night 
what else would we expect from you, Willie? I mean, they like that. Like I said earlier, those Frozen Four games were great games. Three Minnesota teams in the Frozen Four. Three well, Minnesota like teams in the Frozen Four. And three out of five. That's pretty. That's pretty good percentage for the state of Minnesota. Yeah. Teams. And they lost a cloud, right? If I'm not mistaken, that was a little while ago. And that yeah. game could have gone both ways. I mean, that Mankato could have been in that championship game against UMass pretty easily, and I almost guarantee they would have came out with more juice. Hastings is an unbelievable coach. He's just an injection of energy. That clip of him after they beat the Gophers in the locker room, I mean, he's going crazy. The players are going crazy. Um, Not to mention, I mean, this is shoulda, coulda, woulda, but I don't think Dryden McKay gives up five goals to UMass in the national championship Not a chance. All right, should we talk about uh, let's, let's move on. Yeah, we're talking NHL. Let's move on. Oh, no, we forgot about JBD. JBD made his NHL debut for the Ottawa Senators as well. He played 15 minutes in his first game. Hasn't really played since, kind of that if it ain't broke, don't fix it type mentality. They've had guys in their lineup, and they're winning with it. Um, but he played well. I thought that he, he played on the top line. He played with Shabbat, right, Thomas Shabbat. And, uh, and solid minutes in his first game was even, didn't have a, didn't have a plus, didn't have a minus. I'd say that's serviceable. That's how I like to play hockey. That's how he played. Don't get UND. scored on. I mean, uh, and he's only played the one game, and uh, yeah, he's doing his job as a defenseman, not getting recognized, and uh, that's what we're used to seeing from him. And uh, just really, really good player. And uh, Tyler, I think we should get into Kierstead too. I mean, he started off hot with Florida, played a few games, and uh, haven't really seen much from him since the trade deadline. They picked up Brandon Montour and another defenseman as well uh, after Ekblad went down. But, uh, Tyler, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that JBD and Kierstead, they both kind of started out in the NHL playing big minutes. And now that they're playing in the AHL, I think that's only good news for them. I mean, I really like to see kind of that old school kind of style NHL where they get these kids, give them a taste, and then send them down to the AHL. And they're like, Are they playing in the AHL? Aren't they just on the taxi squad? Either taxi squad or AHL, but they're developing. They're not, they're not being thrown right into the fire right away. Not you know. And I think that that can only really help JBD and Kierstead at that point because... Um, they're young. Uh, Kirstead not so much, but JBD is. Kirstead's also younger than the NHL. So I think that next year and the year after that, you're going to have to be patient with, especially JBD, you're going to have to be patient with him if you're a Sens fan. But he's he's all upside. He JBD's all upside from here. Yeah, and you you, you said you got to be patient thinking about next year. And I've been actually watching. I'm a diehard Chicago Blackhawks fan, but right now they suck. And I've been getting my kicks watching the uh, watching the Ottawa Senators play. Are they the most exciting team in the NHL like for next year? I mean, they got all these young guns. They got uh, they got Kachuk. They got Norris. They've got White. They got JBD on the back end. Pinto's looking good. They got this Brandstrom guy. Everybody knows that Sanderson's going to be gone as soon as the whistle blows or the horn blows on UND's next national championship next year. Like, are they not the most exciting team to watch in the NHL, especially if you're a Sioux hockey fan? North Dakota is Senators territory. I think we should make that known. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have an NHL team and you live in the state of North Dakota or you are a UND hockey fan, you are a Ottawa Senators fan. You almost have at to At this be. point. And they're so fun to watch, like you said, Fuchs, and they're going to be awesome to root for because they're so young and so talented. The best player on their team is Brady Kachuk. He's 21 years old, and he's killing dudes. And he's going out there and making plays. He doesn't play like he's 21. And, I mean, we're not an NHL podcast, but we are a Senators podcast. And they're going to be awesome going forward. I agree. I agree. And moving on, and guys, they're currently or signed their pro contracts in the NHL. Adam Scheel and Jordan Kawaguchi both signed with the Dallas Stars. They're both currently playing for Texas in the AHL. Uh, Kawaguchi scored his first goal, like, first game, second game in. First game. First game in. Isn't surprising. That guy's a goal scorer through and through. Adam Scheel already got his first win. 
Uh, he's actually played a couple games. I have a question for you boys. Adam Shield had the best goalie pads in college hockey. He is now playing for a team in green. Does he have the best pads in pro hockey now that Ryan Miller is retired? I mean, it's economic. I mean, the same color scheme. I mean, he's not going to have to buy another set. It works out great for him, and uh, they were the nicest pads in college hockey, and they just look great. I mean, great question. Uh, he's not going to have to change them out because I was a huge fan of those pads, and if he does, put them in the rafters. Yeah, they almost need to be inside of a, like a trophy case in the Ralph, right? Like they're yeah. Jake Brand said it. He's told us multiple times he just loves those goalie pads, and they are sick, like the they're iceberg beautiful. look. Your call, Tyler, that you said that uh, Shea was going to go to the Avs was drastically wrong, and I'm so well, glad well, it was well, wrong. Well, I'm glad it was wrong just because we still get to see those those sick goalie pads. I know. Yeah, those pads are nice, but I thought that Shea was a perfect fit for the Avalanche. One, because Shea was – I felt like Shea was an NHL-ready goaltender to be a 1B or a secondary goalie in the NHL. The Avs needed that. They don't have that. Obviously, they traded for Dubnik, um, and that kind of dream was crushed, but I thought that Shea could have stepped in and been a secondary goalie pretty easily for the Avalanche. Um, so that was my take. Um, but yeah, he's going to do great, um, in the stars organization with Bishop getting a little older, obviously Hudobin, um, is in that organization. He's not getting any younger either. So it's only a matter of time until he gets called up and, and Gooch, I mean, he's a goal scorer through and through. He's a goal scorer through and through. And, um, if you can score goals, uh, that translates to almost every level. And if he can keep doing that at the AHL. It's only a matter of time. It'll be interesting to see if Gooch has a career in the NHL, right? Like a lot of great goal scorers uh, have done great in college and went on. I mean, I think of Danny Cristo, a guy who was just tremendous in the NHL in uh, his college career, but never went on to play a single game in the NHL. Obviously, Gucci is a next level talent, but uh, it's always a curious case. Uh, other pro signings. Who else do we have? It's basically just Colin Adams signing with the Islanders, and oh, then, we got uh, we got a Jackson, list here. Jackson Keene went to the coast. I did want to say that uh, Kawaguchi. I mean. Look to have him become make his NHL debut next year. He'll definitely get a shot in the league. He'll definitely play a game. I would like to see him play well. Obviously, it's kind of hit or miss. I I think that he could have a good career in the NHL or at least make noise. I don't think he's going to end up being like a top six player. I think he's going to have to learn to play as a role player rather than the goal scorer power play type. But uh, I think he'll have a good chance at the NHL. Moving on, uh, Grant Mismatch signed with the Predators. We'll look for him to make his NHL debut next year. I believe he's playing in the AHL currently. He left campus. Well, we saw him on the golf course on Tuesday. So okay, he's so still he's still in Grand Forks. Game, okay, yeah. he's still in Grand Forks, but we'll look for him to make his pro debut next year, wherever that may be. Uh, lots of Sulem in Sebastian now. We got George, uh, Rocco Grimaldi is there. Uh, Cole Smith is there, and now Grant Mismatch. Do you think that uh, the boys will be ripping up? Bridgestone Arena when the Sioux come to town on October 30th. If the Preds have an off day, next question. They live for Sioux country. They bleed green. Next question, they will be there repping a Sioux jersey, uh, crushing beers. If the Predators are out, you know they're going to be repping it up. The only question is, are we getting in the suite with those boys? I'd uh, love to yug some beers with those boys in the suite. You'd think they'd have our contact info, so uh, we look forward to them reaching out to us and us just uh, having high-end class uh, drinking in Nashville. Well, if we're going to keep the Sioux Pipeline talk going, we might as well talk about Colin Adams going to the Islanders. He's joining up with former Sioux alum Brock Nelson and Travis Zajac, who recently got traded to the Islanders to make a playoff push. Zajac might be the most invisible Sioux alum in the NHL, not going to lie, mm -hmm. even though he just played his, what, 1,000th game. Like, he's been there forever, but he's been kind of invisible. Uh, you'll look for Adams to make his debut next year. We saw, we've saw we seen him downtown a couple times, so I think he's still in town. But uh, I'm really excited to see what Adams does. Like This is the most intriguing um, graduate or NHL signing from this class. Um, kind of 
who knows what's going to happen. He could kind of have a disappearing NHL career, maybe play internationally, or he could make a career in the NHL with like Parise did. I don't really know what's going to happen with Adams this year, uh, especially the latter end of this year. He played really well, and he, he kind of picked up – he really picked up his passing game, got a lot of nice assists, um, found a way to bury the puck. So um, that that's going to be really interesting to see if the Islanders what the Islanders do with him. And Colin Adams has been a really good uh, feel-good story at UND. I mean, they're – Tim Hennessy was talking before a game. I actually didn't know this, but he mentioned it on the radio. So if this is wrong, you can you can quote him. But he said that after, I believe, his freshman or sophomore year, UND actually pulled the scholarship of Colin Adams, and he had to think about either leaving or staying here, and he decided to work it out. And now his senior year, he was one of the top hockey players in the entire country. What, yeah. what a story. I'm, an incre- I'm incredibly pro- uh, happy for that family. Uh, I've gotten to know uh, Colin's dad at a game in Omaha on one occasion, and uh, all I can say is that guy's full send, and he's taught Colin everything he knows about life, and I'm sure he's well-equipped for uh, the National Hockey League. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, we got one more pro signing from the team, Jackson Keene. This actually surprised me. I didn't know if he was going to go play pro hockey or not. He goes to the greatest nickname pro hockey team in the entire world, the Wheeling West Virginia Nailers, which is in the East Coast Hockey League. Not a bad league. I think he could work his way up to the AHL. He's a gritty player. I'm happy for him. I think he's going to just make it. I think Jackson Keene is going to sneakily make a 10-year career in the uh, coast. And just like, uh, that seems like the league for him. I could see him totally moving into playing in the AHL and actually being like a role player in the AHL. I don't see, he's a gritty player. He's a good hockey player. Western Canadian kid from Winnipeg. That's local to where we're at right now. But the Wheeling Nailers, man. That is just the best. Wheeling West Virginia Nailers. Hockey in West Virginia. Hockey in West Virginia. every week. Fellow podcaster Paul Bissonette is an alum of the Wheeling Nailers. He's told a few stories from his time in, in West Virginia in the East Coast League. But uh, So that's all our pro signings. I mean, look for Shane Pinto and JBD to be the stars. I think Kierstead could could have a really good career in Florida as well. Uh, Shiel, I see him probably playing in the AHL for maybe a year or two waiting. Maybe he'll get his call up. I don't know if he'll be a, a for sure starter in the NHL anytime soon. I think he will be eventually without a doubt. But uh, it'll also be interesting to see Miss Mash and Adams and Keen as well if they can crack an NHL lineup and, and get some playing time. But we're going to move on from the pro guys. We're going to talk about NCAA hockey free agency in the transfer portal. Now, there's been a lot of news in the transfer portal. We, all, we know all of our listeners listen to Brad Schlossman quite a bit, just as much as we do. So any of the, these stats are most likely taken from an article that he's written. But our friend, a friend of the program... Uh, former guest that we had on, Peter Tome, is going to be leaving the University of North Dakota and joining up with the new NCAA D1 team, St. Thomas Tommies in St. Paul, which I think is a huge pickup for the Tommies because that guy needs to be a number one starter somewhere. And if it's not UND, I'm glad that it's St. Thomas. Uh, he's going to be playing for old Miami coach Rico Blasi, legend. Uh, and he's going home, so we're happy for him. You guys have any thoughts on Tome going to St. Thomas? Happy for Tome. I mean, that, that's great going to St. Thomas. We're losing him and Blydesdale. Is, uh, he's transferring out to the University of New Hampshire. I think those are the only guys who have decided to enter the transfer portal from UND and take their college talent elsewhere. But uh, as you said, Tome, he saw an opportunity to go be the number one guy at his home school at uh, the University of St. Thomas in their inaugural season. So, But uh, we wish nothing but the best for him. He's a Sully. Yeah, I, I love Tommy. I mean, he. I'm. I'm really happy for him. He took. He saw a chance to be number one, um, and he's gonna see a lot of shots. I mean, he's gonna see a lot of shots, 
And the kid just loves playing hockey, loves stopping pucks. So I'm um, really happy for him. I actually sent him a snap today. He said, put a story of him uh, cleaning out his locker. But happy for him. He's going to have a great year. He's going to have a great year next year. And uh, Blaisdell, uh, leaving for UNH, that, I don't want to say it's disappointing. But when he was coming in as a freshman, um, I kind of looked to him as like, okay, he's going to be a great player. He's going to give us three, four great years, um, develop, be a good skill guy. And, um, yeah, he, he's calling going to UNH, University No Hardware. Get a good degree out there. He put, a, he put a post on his Instagram today saying how much he loves Sioux Country. And I really do believe it. I don't think he's re- leaving for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I think that he came in, he wanted to uh, – he wanted to be kind of a star player, and at UND, you have to be very, very good to be a star he's player. He's going to be a top six out oh, there. Oh, he's going to, without a doubt, he's going to be yeah. a top six player at UNH, and I'm I'm happy for him. Like, he's got to go, kind of go and get your bag, I guess you could say, but, uh, and UNH isn't a bad school. They got some, they got some history in playing out, what is that, the Hockey East? Yep. They're playing in the Hockey East, so he's still going to be playing good hockey. That's the uh, unanimous number two conference in the country after the NCHC, and no one can fight us over that, but uh, we wish... Peter and uh, Harry Blaisdell, nothing but the best in their endeavors. But you guys are more worried about who's coming into UND next year, so we'll transition into that with Tommy leaving to St. Thomas. Drizzy! And, and Shields signing with the Dallas Stars. We have the all-star goalie from Bemidji State right down the road, Zach Driscoll, coming in. He's a proven starter. He upset the Wisconsin Badgers and Cole Caulfield, even though Cole Caulfield scored two goals in that game, in the NCAA tournament, which was huge. And this guy is massive. He's like 6'6", 220. He's, he's got to be by far the biggest goalie in the country. What do you boys think about Drizzy coming to, coming to the campus? Be- great nickname. Love Drizzy. He had it on his chin, on his mask uh, for Bemidji State. Drizzy, hell of a nickname. And as you said, he's just huge, too. So, uh, you know, just a big athletic goalie, has college experience. I'm very excited, and they needed him. You know, with Shield leaving and Tomei leaving, we were left with uh, just Feeney, who I'm sure would have been serviceable. But uh, at this point, I'm happy to have him coming in. Okay, so I was wrong. He's not 6'5", 220. He's 6'172", but he looks like he's 6'5", 220. Hey, uh, and he plays like <laughs> even he's 6'5", 220. It doesn't matter. Even, doesn't be- matter. even better. So We're Willie, not Willie Meyer guys. just showed me the uh, his EP, and that kind of brought me down a little bit because sh- he, he probably wishes that he was 6'5", 220, and all Sioux fans. I, I also say. thought he was huge. You know, I, yeah. I thought I had read reports that he was huge, but maybe that's just the impact he's going to make on the program. He's a huge player. Well, yeah, he's going to make a huge impact on the program. He's coming in. Um, like you said, he's what he played four years at Bemidji, right? Uh, starter almost all those four years, and then we got two young goalies coming in: the Swedish kid and then the Caleb Johnson from East Grand Forks. Both young. 18 Is that and confirmed? 19. Well, Caleb Johnson's from Grand Forks. Give North Dakota its credit where it's due. What I say? You said East Grand Forks. Ah, Central. Is Caleb Johnson confirmed coming in? Or it is it that has it on the elite prospects, so I don't know if he's coming, coming in or not. All right, that one's still up in the air, but we do know that That's this Swedish, Swedish goalie, kid. his name is. Let's get it here. Jacob His name Helston. is Jacob Helston. He's 15 and 8 this season for the in the Swedish Hockey League, the Hockey Etan. Yeah, uh, and I think that Drizzy is going to be able to at least teach these kids. That's what I think. Like Drizzy will be the the 1A, right? And Helston will be the 1B. Um Drizzy getting obviously the, the majority of the starts, but then uh Drizzy can at, you know teach these kids and these kids can kind of learn under him and develop, kind of like you develop quarterback. Exactly. It'll be Drizzy 1 Swedish kid two and then uh, Feeney three, and I, I, don't, I don't think Johnson will be coming in no, because, I don't think because they have three goaltenders. I, I so I doubt Johnson will tendies. be coming in. I would like to see Harrison Feeney get some get some game time next year, though. I mean, he got in against what Miami in the pod like one period. He's he's got the best save percentage in hockey history right now. He's set, he's batting a thousand right now. So I would love to see Harrison Feeney get some playing time. 
talking about Jacob Helston, this was kind of a surprise signing. He is only he's going to be only the seventh European player to play in the UND hockey program, which is something to note down. Kind of small, not really compared to Zach Driscoll since we got that stat, but he's five foot eleven. Two six two goals so against average. So he's like six foot four, two thirty. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. He probably looks like that, and he better play like that. But this was a pretty interesting note from Brad Schlossman's article. The last four NCHC All Rookie Team goalies have all been from Europe. Yep, he's due. So it's about time that UND brings in a European goalie to play for him. Uh, we're looking forward to the goalies, but we're going to transition to the scoring front. Uh, the boys lost Shane Pinto, we lost Mismatch, we lost Gucci. We needed to, to up some scoring to help out Jasper Weatherby a little bit, and we're bringing in Connor Ford from Bowling Green. He was second in scoring in the WCHA to someone who we will talk about a little bit later, who is, like I said, a huge pickup when we lost those those big-time goal scorers. Boys, what do you think about Connor Ford coming in as a grad transfer? They they needed him. You know, in the last episode we talked about the transfer portal and uh, how we either wanted Cruikshank from uh, Colorado College are either of the Bowling Green scorers, either Max Johnson, who ended up going to Wisconsin, I believe, or Connor Ford. But uh, we needed Connor Ford, uh, him along with the Lake State kid who we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, were necessary pickups to fill those gaps. And uh, I think UND is going to really, they're going to be an experienced team next year. It's going to be interesting to see how they mix together all these new guys. But uh, it's a shame that uh, we saw on Twitter as a reply to a University of Hockey tweet uh, that Pinto had left because that would have been an electric line combo of the Ford-Pinto, right? Been explosive. It would have been explosive. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Tyler, what do you think about the addition? I, I think it's awesome. I mean, I, would, I honestly would be surprised if he wears a letter next year. He was a captain at Bowling Green. Um, grad transfer coming in. He's an older guy. Uh, he's going to make an immediate impact on the room. We know that. We, on the ice, he's a goal scorer. He passes the puck well. Um, I'm going to be excited to see what he does. I mean, and him and then that Ashton Calder. Should we just jump to Ashton Calder right away? Because well, I was, I was going to say, I'm excited about. I was just going to say, that in between, we're talking about Connor Ford and Ashton Calder. Sam mentioned that we were kind of hoping that Krukshank would come in. Screw Krukshank. We already got our guy from CC. Weston came in. He played well, and we've had him on the podcast. He's a friend of the program. But, uh, Instead of getting the the kind of good player from Colorado College, we'll just take the top two scorers in the WCHA. Tyler, you want to talk about Ashton Calder? Yeah, Ashton Calder is going to be awesome. I mean, I love Lake State. They kind of have the best unis. Uh, or not kind of. They have the best unis in college sports. I'm going to say that right now. They're baby blue unis with the gold letters. They're the best unis in all college sports, okay? Going forward from that. Ashton Calder is a goal scorer. And you saw that when they made the tournament, too. And they almost beat UMass in the first round, and he was an immediate playmaker on the ice. And and the best part is he has two years of of eligibility left too. So he's a, he has this year and next year if you can count one two. That's two years of eligibility left. Yup, there it is, Sam. So I think the he's going to make it up there. Yeah. Your idea of relegation when we interviewed Schloss, it's coming to, coming to fruition. We're getting the best players from the WCHA, so it's going to be interesting to see how their gameplay transitions over to the NCHC, don't you think? I think it's going to be amazing. I think they're going I think they're going to transition almost seamlessly. I I I think that they'll come in seamlessly. That both Ford and Calder will be playing top six minutes. Willie's about to come in here and tell me that I'm wrong on my uh, top scoring leaders in the WCHA and if he if he says anything wrong, I might have to mute his mic. Really? I'm I'm not. I'm pumped about Calder. He is fucking sick, boys. He like coming from the WCHA grounds, like he's nasty. Like he lights up the WCHA. And I know we talk about the WCHA to the NCHA, and there's a difference. There's no doubt the NCHC is the top conference in college hockey, but the 
the WCHA is not bad. He comes from a hard-hitting league, hard-playing league, and he still plays like he's supposed to be in the NCHC. He is talented, and he knows how to put the puck away, and he knows how to pass. And it, I'm pumped for him to come here. I love that. Every Sioux fan that's listening to this here, and you talk about Ashton Calder, just got a little horny on that talk right there. One thing to note of Ashton Calder is that he is from the Sioux. He's from Sioux St. Marie, Michigan where Lake State is located, and he decided, no, I'm going to leave and go to Grand Forks. So if you anybody's wondering how good Brad Berry is at recruiting, he just stole a guy from his hometown. Yeah, and it was like free agency. I love this transfer portal rule this year. It was so, it was so much fun. It was just like free agency. It's like, okay, Brad Berry's a great recruiter. Or who are we going to sign? What's the term? How much are we giving him AAV? So I'm sure he's loving this. I mean, the amount of coffee this guy's probably drinking during this uh, free agency season is what we're just going to call it. It's probably unbelievable. And uh, Ashton Calder, like you said, from Sumery, that's an interesting uh, thing to note. I mean, taking him from his hometown team, terrific. You know, I'm very excited about it. And um, let's talk about some other guys. Well, let's move on to the defenseman. Big defenseman coming in from the University of Alaska, Fairbanks, Chris Jandrick. He's kind of a he's kind of an offensive defenseman. Five goals, fifteen assists in 2019-2020. They did not play last year because their program is probably on the brink of elimination, just like uh, Alaska Anchorage. Pretty exciting signing for UND. I think that it's good that they're bringing in a defenseman. We already have a really good decor. I mean, we lost Kierstead, we lost Bast, and we lost Rieger, JBD, and JBD. How could I forget about JBD? But bringing in Chris Jandrick to play alongside Frisch, Sanderson, and Clevin, as well as Cooper Moore, who I'm really looking forward to seeing play next year, will will be pretty exciting. What do you guys think about the signing of Chris Jandrick? Our source, we have a Sulite has an inside source who cannot be named. Keyed us in on it a couple days before it happened. Not a big deal. You know you've made it in North Dakota journalism when you have someone saying, hey, I knew that was going to happen. It's going to happen in the next couple days. I think he also keyed us in on Driscoll. Am I right? I think he also keyed us in on Driscoll. I would like to say that he has a source but we'll we'll have to bring him on the podcast sometime and ask him about his source because i don't quite know who he's talking to that he's getting all these free agency news before like schlossman is getting it like come on but uh tyler what do you think about chris jandrick signing in i mean he hasn't played in a year but i think he's gonna come in really hungry i mean their program was on the uh, brink of extinction right and he's kind of fighting for his life and he got a chance to come play for und and i think he's gonna come in hungry i mean he's playing on a really solid decor um it's going to be interesting. Like you said, he's offensive defenseman. Um, I haven't watched him play. Neither I have no, I. I've I'm never just looking at play. stats. I mean, he had he had 20 points in a season as a defenseman. I'd say that's a pretty offensive defenseman. Yeah, I think he's a good player. And I think that he can really make a difference. Um, I think he's going to, like I said, he's going to come in hungry. He's going to hit dudes. I mean, he's from Alaska Fairbanks. But he's going to try to kill dudes. So it's going to be fun to see him play. Willie, you're our WCHA correspondent. What do you think about Chris Jandrick? I, I have watched him, and the guy runs the point like no other. He, he I mean, he he's not a goal scorer from there, but he loves making passes. And that, like, that. what more can you ask for from, from the point? You know what I mean? Like, the guy can find that back that backdoor pass, he can set up a play. He he knows he knows what he's doing up there, and that I I'm pumped for him to come as well. That's exciting. We can never use too many offensive defensemen on our team. Moving on, we have another defenseman coming in. Probably the biggest surprise of the transfer portal, I thought, because I'd never really heard of him. But it's also kind of cool because this will be the first South Dakota native to dress in a Sioux uniform. Is Brady Ferner transferring from RPI? He had two goals and six assists in the 2019-2020 season. They also did not play last year. 
But uh, I saw that Alex Heinert was pretty pumped to see that a South Dakota native is going to be playing for UND next year. What do you guys think of uh, the signing of Brady Ferner? Love. You can call him local. South Dakota's local. Uh, Ferner, I also think that's the opportunity for a tremendous nickname. Probably a bad nickname as a defenseman. Like, Ferner just got Burner. Uh, who knows? But, you know, I haven't seen a lot of these guys play, but... Um, as as I I'm just gonna keep reiterating it. I'm excited to see how they mix in, but uh, haven't watched him must. Where where he came from RPI, you know, just an obscure program. But uh, Ferner Burner that has the potential to be a bad nickname. Yeah, I mean you know that I <laughs> I don't got much to say. But he played at RPI. He's from South Dakota. I think he'll I think he'll fit in good. I think he'll play kind of a bottom a bottom four minutes. So we'll we'll see how he does. Yeah, I mean, and it's pretty cool. I'm going to look up here. He's from South Dakota. Before we call him local, there's South Dakota's a big place. Dakota, it's, a, it's a bordering Dakota, state. We can count. Dakota <laughs> Dunes, South Dakota is – it's down by Sioux City. So it's down, It's about Iowa, south of Sioux Falls, it looks like. Oh, that's way down there. I so, think yeah. the majority of the country, though, would consider North Dakota and South Dakota just Dakota. So it is – It is. he is local. He's from the Dakota. It is extremely exciting to see a, a kid from South Dakota. I mean, South yeah. Dakota's not a notorious – hockey location to where you're seeing guys go play d1 so i mean we're really excited to see drizzy uh ford calder who ashton calder that's an all-time hockey name that's a sick hockey name chris jandrick brady ferner running the point and then we have jacob helston on the back end in that stopping pucks transfer portal all around the country boys you guys have any thoughts at some other places that are picking up guys i mean i thought Crookshank to the gophers was kind of a wild uh wild assumption and then uh was it Casey Gilling? We mentioned it on a prior podcast, but Casey Gilling from Miami, one of their top players, is going to be going to the uh, UMD Bulldogs next year. What do you guys think about uh, the transfer portal as a whole? Uh, I don't know. The, the transfer portal as a whole, I mean, you kind of took the words out of my mouth with Kirkshank to Minnesota. That's one I've been keeping an eye on. Uh, we have seen a lot of people leaving, the ones that come to mind. Uh, Denver's lost a few guys. Yep. Omaha's, Omaha's lost a few guys. I mean, it's just swapping teams. It is free agency. It's exciting. Like, teams are building um, themselves for this next year through the transfer portal, which never really happens. A perfect time, perfect time for St. Thomas to get in on the mix. Oh, absolutely. Because you see teams like building, like UND, I mean, they lost, they picked up, what was it, six guys in the transfer portal? That never happens. They pretty much... Five, guy, five guys in the transfer portal because Helson will be a freshman. Five guys in the transfer portal they built for the next year. Instead of a rebuild year, kind of a... We, we, don't, we're we, don't, we don't rebuild at... North Dakota, we reload. I don't know. I've been. A, I was here quote. seventeen and eighteen. That was a rebuilding year. We were kind of looking at a younger team, rebuild and reload this year with some older guys and free agency. You can call it. It was exciting. I think they should keep this up. I, I loved it. Yeah, I don't think we'll see quite the the transfer portal in future years as we did this year, just because everybody got that extra year of eligibility. So guys like Ashton Calder, where he's going to be a senior next year, still has two years of eligibility. But uh, it is pretty interesting to see how these guys are going to shake out. Well, you know, boys, I think it's time. That was a good one. Sulis, we have an all-time interview for you here. Joining the podcast, current player of UND Fighting Sue, came in at the middle of the year and just made a statement, beating guys up. Here is Louis Jammernick. All right, Sulis, before we get to an awesome interview with Louis Jamernick V, let me talk to you about our friends at Deke's Pizza. After a night downtown, you need to order Deke's Pizza because Deke's hits harder than a punch from Louis Jamernick against Omaha in January. 
Whether you want pizza, wings, or breadsticks, the team at Deke's Pizza has got you covered. Deke's Pizza is giving our listeners free delivery on all online orders. Use promo code LIGHT at www.deekspizza.com for free delivery. Again, that's L-I-T-E for free delivery at deekspizza.com. And don't forget to follow Deeks on Instagram and TikTok for chances to win free Deeks Pizza and merch. All right, let's get to Jammer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a great interview with for, with uh, Louis Jamernick, the fifth current player for the University of North Dakota Fighting Sioux. Everybody, please welcome Mr. Jamernick. Thanks for having me. I suppose I'll start out here uh, coming in middle of the year. I'm from North Dakota. You're coming in middle of the year, coming right in the dead of winter. What uh, what was your first impression of living in Grand Forks, being in North Dakota? Honestly, it, it wasn't as bad as uh, what some people said. Um, the weather was actually quite beautiful when I first arrived here in December, and uh, I don't think there was very much snow, if any, on the ground. And uh, yeah, and then I think I mean that that one month of February was pretty bad. I think minus forty wasn't so fun walking from the car to the rink. But other than that, I think yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, and uh, if people look up your Elite Prospects or Hockey DB, they s- they see you're uh, from Calgary, right? Yeah. Um, so how did you kind of get into hockey? Was it your father? We mentioned you're the fifth. Was it a generational thing? Yeah, so so it's actually a pretty cool story. I'm glad you mentioned that. My dad, he's, he's a pretty big hockey guy, and, and he's always wanted to play hockey, and unfortunately he was pulled out of hockey at, at the peewee level, and that was one of his dreams that he never got to pursue. And so, yeah, so I think, He's always told me, "Hey, if you if you don't have the, if you can't find the motivation, do it for me," kind of thing. So I think that's been another pretty special thing for me. And the Jamarnik family, we know that your parents, or at least your father, does. He follows us on Twitter, so you know he's a Suli. We go. we appreciate his support, and I'm sure he's going to listen to this interview. But oh, uh, yeah. I kind of want to get into your career more a little bit further. Um, uh, I ask this to every guest. Um, uh, I'm always curious as to the recruiting process a little bit. You know, I kind of want to know what other teams were after you to come uh, play for them. Uh, you know, the major junior out being from Canada. What what were your options? Yeah, so honestly, it wasn't it wasn't a crazy big bunch. It was, uh, you know, I, I got invited to the Team Canada West tryout, and I think that's when things really picked up. I mean, I was kind of talking to a couple teams here and there, and um, Union was a big one. And then the other one was uh, Michigan Tech, and that one got pretty serious where – they were my first fly down visit and I got to experience kind of my first, you know, they, they take you out and show you the town and show you the rinks. And, um, as soon as Bradbury heard of that, he, uh, he booked a flight for me the very next weekend and got me down there right away. And, um, yeah, so that was really cool. And obviously nothing against Michigan tech, they're great school and the coaching staff was incredible. And mm-hmm. I thought they were really great guys, but I, you know, the facility here is like, outstanding and and the coaches and you know they're here is just a whole other level so i think it was a no-brainer yeah absolutely i would say that michigan tech probably has better scenery being up in the up of michigan than than the tundra and grand forks but i'm gonna i'm gonna circle back here to your time up north you played what is this five years in the aj yeah it says five years it's i played as an ap at 16 17 full year 18 full year 19 full year and then my 20 year old year i played a month sweet sweet rounded it up cam to und to come to UND. To come to UND, yeah, 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 yeah. So you spent time with the Brooks Bandits and the Okotoks Oilers. Uh, your last two years in Okotoks, over 50 games played. Your final year in Okotoks, which would be the last year, probably pre-COVID. I don't know if you guys got shut down because of COVID, but you're almost point per game, 19 goals, 32 assists. Offensive producer, 
is that something that we could that Sioux fans could be looking forward to for you in the future once you kind of get settled into to the program, having a full year under your belt? Absolutely, that's that's my goal, and I always you know want to be a top producer. But I think every year, especially starting in midget and, and my first couple of years in juniors, I want to establish you know that trust with the coaches and teammates first. That starts with a defensive zone, and then from there it kind of builds out. So I think this year was a great year. I was a role player. I really got used to the systems and coaches and teammates, and then. Yeah, exactly. This summer, just try to get better and stronger. And then, you know, next year, hopefully kind of show off a little more skill and, and poise and finish. Yeah. And, and Fuchs mentioned, so you were the captain for the Okotos Oilers, right? And you played three games there and you came in mid-season for UND, which is how a lot of people know you. Like, they're like, oh, who's this Jammernick guy playing for us? Came in mid-season. How did that kind of come about where it was a mid-season pickup? Yeah, so uh, it was actually really cool. Um, our season, well, the unfortunate part was our season got ca- uh, paused, I guess, at the end of November there. And the entire month of December, I'm just sitting at home and trying to go to the ODR every now and then. And um, I just kind of, I got a phone call from Brad Barry just saying, hey, Jammer, we're here in Omaha. It was like, I think, five days before Christmas, five or six days. And he goes, you know, we've we've dealt with a lot of injuries, I think. I think you guys know they playing with 17 skaters at one one game or yeah because like Blaisdell and and Judd were out right yeah. or in yeah. Fresh Blaisdell and Fresh Hano. were out in the, in the pod yeah so there were there were a ton of guys injured and stuff and Brad just said yeah if 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 this happens again or guys go down with COVID it'd be good to have an extra body and um, yeah I think he said you know take a day to sit on it and you know. Th- talk about it with your family and it <laughs> I called my dad and my mom and literally immediately he goes my dad and my mom are like yeah let's go 100% it was, it was a no-brainer obviously and so I called them back and I think 30 minutes and they're oh, okay here we go so and then the wheels started turning got everything set up pretty quick so and were they were you thinking about coming to UND um like for this full year were they looking at you or kind of how how did that whole recruiting process how did that whole recruiting process work there yeah so i committed in december of 2019 and then they kind of told me for that next year um it really would have depended on guys you know signing pro contracts and and opportunities opening up and i think i think obviously covid shut down the playoffs so that that eliminated a, a potential you know opportunity for me to show myself on a playoff spot but also guys returning back for the unfinished business year right you got guys mismatch adams you know top guys coming back so i mean that that also kind of pushed it back and it, it is what it is and you know i was happy to go back another year playing okotoks and to be you know one of the leaders and and have an opportunity to hopefully play for a championship but obviously that got shut down again as well so and and you coming in mid-season it's obviously a rarity in college hockey having a guy come in mid-season and uh, you're interjected into the lineup right away which was then you just brought the energy right away. I just want to know how you gelled with the team right away. Like, did they just accept you as one of the boys from day one? Yeah, and that's another thing that Coach Brad told me right away is this is this is a special group. This is a family, and, and the coolest thing was um, just the day I was showing up there, I got text messages from, you know, almost half the team and just, hey, brother, welcome. Uh, happy to have you. Let me know if you need anything. Just little things like that. And and throughout those two, three weeks leading up to my first weekend of games, it's, you know, any question I had, guys were jumping to help me out with anything and, and just showing me the ropes and everything I needed to do. And then um, those two weeks of practices um, were really big because, yeah, like you said, I think I think for me, I, I'm not like s- not close to skilled as CA or anything like that, Colin Adams, but 
but my focus is just working my ass off so and that's all i did in practice i just showed them like hey i got i got some work ethic and you know and and they were pretty awesome enough to give me the opportunity to play that that weekend in cc yeah absolutely and i mean yeah the first impression that we had of you obviously we watch every game pretty religiously is man this guy is a meat and potatoes forward yeah. you just you're just a grinder and you fit in really well on that third line especially with all the talent that we just kind of had on on the top end I tend to be the guy on this podcast that asks the uh, the somewhat boring questions, but also definitely important Im- important yeah. to, to kind of the product you get on the ice. So you're 21 years old. You're about the same age as us, played three-year junior out of school for quite a while, and then you come in at semester time. Not only are you getting thrown into the NCHC and having to play hockey in the Ralph and all the pressure that comes along with that, but you have to go to class. What uh, what was that transition like going from, yeah. like you said, sitting at your parents' house just playing junior hockey, kind of bumming around every day when you're not at the rink to I got to buckle down and I, I got to work on my studies here? Oh, that's that's an unreal question just because <laughs> – and I'm going to thank my mom and dad for this because they were the ones that, that really, um, really su- you know suggested that I take at least one course per semester uh, throughout junior hockey just to keep the brain going, stay engaged. Um, and it also counts towards, you know, towards the transcript and credits here. But, yeah, I think when it first came, first I'd like to thank Andres Freeman, our, our athletic, um, I don't know, athletic, what, what is he called? Advisor, thank you, yeah. And uh, he was amazing. He set up my classes right away with me. Uh, he got me in there, and he just said, anything you need, let me know. And I've, and I've probably emailed him about 50 times about just anything, and, and he's always been there to help. But, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was having to sacrifice the video game time and and the tv shows because in junior hockey you know you stay up till 11 at night playing chill with the boys it's just what you do and it was really tough those first two three four weeks of getting used to the whole you know wake up go to practice go home try to take a little bit of a nap get going on school you know dinner and then school again so yeah it's just you just had i really had to dial in on sacrificing those small things and then yeah it's kind of paid off though yeah, and, and Fuchs knows the role of, uh, you know, the life of a junior college hockey, uh, the role of the life of a junior player. You know, I mean, it's kind of the life of Riley, right? And the transition to col- college, I can imagine that's a little tough. But uh, right now I kind of want to get into, you know, your play on the ice this year, right? So, you know, obviously this team was the most talented team in the country. We all saw that, and it was just a disappointing loss to end the season against Duluth. But, uh, I mean, just the amount of talent, I would imagine it's the most talent you've ever played with on the ice at one time. Uh, just can you speak on that for, with a little bit? Yeah, it's it's insane if I can say that for sure. At the very least, it's like you said, the top the top six guys are all all easily going to play in the NHL, I think. Um, and then guys like and Hayne and Sender, Sendo, who are going to come back as seniors, I think they both have potential to play in the NHL as well. So, and then that's just the forward group, and then you go to our decor. Like they could all probably beat any farm league AHL team decor, period. So, yeah, it just you go. It speaks to our depth and and in terms of skill. Like just watching them every single day, it's effortless. And and yeah, you just it's cool to get to watch what they do. And and it's a lot of fun to be at the rink with them. A comparison we make a lot on Sue Light. We've always compared Jake Sanderson to Kale McCarr. And you've had the privilege of playing with both of them. Do you do you mind comparing both their games and uh, how you see them? Uh, like yep, they're, well, they're play a little bit. On that point too, it's it's not on ice but off ice too. Like they're both, uh, they're actually almost identical just in terms of their off ice. Like they're the most, you know, dedicated and dialed in. They're professionals. Like everything they do, their sleep, their sleep discipline, their nutrition discipline, um, is off the charts, and that's why they are how they are um, physically. And then 
and mentally. And then when they come to the rink, I mean, the guy's on, on I don't even know, he's on a different planet because just the confidence he's playing with right now. And you look at him at the beginning of the year, and then now you go to our last couple weekends, a senior weekend, and, and we play like a shootout game. When we do the shootout game before every weekend, you know, guys go through and you score, you stay, right? And if you don't score, you got to go sit. But Jake Sanderson, he he's probably won three of the last five weekends. And, yeah, the guy just went off. And the, and the moves he's making is absurd. Like one hand. I mean, Kierstead's doing the same stuff too. But just for Jake at 18 years old, it's just insane. So I'm excited to see what he can do next year. Oh yeah, we're definitely excited to see what he can do as well. We were pretty, we were thankful that he that he decided to come back. Obviously, oh, yeah. we would have been rooting for him to go play in Ottawa next year. Yeah. But I got a I got a little bit of an off the charts question. You came in uh, after Christmas time. I grew up with uh, my buddy's best friend is from Saskatchewan, so I know how big the World Junior Tournament is in in Canada. Mm-hmm. So not only are you coming in at Christmas time, but you got to play with guys that just broke your heart <laughs> beating canada in the world junior tournaments yeah. what was the what was the first thing that you said to uh, to tyler and jake when you met him in the locker room after they won gold well that's a good question so actually the first thing i said to jake was hey i'm louis i don't know if you remember me but i played with your brother i played with ben sanderson oh, jake's right. older brother yeah uh we played uh spring hockey together at the edge school so I mean, he kind of remembered me. I mean, he was probably, I don't know, six when we first started. And he did play some of his youth hockey in Calgary, correct? Because yeah, I know he's from Whitefish, well. but yeah. Whitefish is probably closer to Calgary than anywhere else in the U.S. So. Yes, exactly. So uh, he, they've, they've got a place both in Calgary and Whitefish. But, yeah, so I kind of knew, knew of him for a while and, and through playing with Ben. And then, yeah, Clev, too. It, it was mainly Clev that I just said, you know screw you <laughs> but but you know both great guys and they they took it lightly so it was good yeah and uh coming in to play um playing in the ralph i, I you know as a fan i love to sit think that like we have a role in how the game goes in the ralph can you just speak on kind of the atmosphere obviously it was a three thousand limited attendant limited attendance but could you feel kind of the electricity in that in that barn oh easily and and the coolest thing was kind of learning that we could have i think what was it three thousand per three thousand people there was yeah was the capacity and and just knowing that was really exciting for us and we know the we know the history and and just how electric it can be when it's at 11 or twelve thousand. and all the guys were telling us this and you know i was expecting pretty good i've been in a decently packed place in junior but like when I was going out on the ice, just uh, absolute goosebumps, and that was just at three thousand. The guys are going, dude, just wait till it gets full capacity. So I'm excited for that, but still, just just playing in a place like that, and you know, we're doing the the intro starting lineup. Guys are skating up to the blue line and the base that at the Ralph man. I just I was losing my mind. So yeah, I love it. I will go down fighting with anyone and saying that the Ralph Engel Center Arena is the best hockey arena in the entire North America, without Here. a doubt. NHL, Here. regardless. I mean, obviously, it's smaller than most NHL rinks. Um, when your first game, you said you had some goosebumps. Was it good nerves? Nervous nerves? I mean, you're playing. You were playing CC, so obviously not a top team in the NCHC, but still NCHC, still good squad. Uh, what what was your first shift like? Just kind of coming in the middle of the year and having to having to grind it out and kind of learn as you go. Yeah, I think I think if it was my first game ever, I I wouldn't have been able to to participate. But <laughs> I think uh, I think just having those couple weekends first and then getting to the Ralph, I was a lot more comfortable. And then you know add a little bit more of of that uh, discomfort of you know playing with a little bit of pressure at the Ralph. But I think uh, yeah, I think it was just. It was just the coolest experience, but but nothing too crazy. 
the Ralph will be buzzing next year. I mean, reports say that it's going to be a full barn next year, yeah. so it's going to be full go. Not, now, only, not only that, but the Gophers are coming to town. Yes, sir. Yeah, Thanksgiving it, Day. It, it's yeah, going yeah, to be wild next fall in the Ralph Engelstead Arena all throughout the season, and we're very excited for it. So that's a good transition into you know next year's team. Uh, have you built a relationship with any of the people who have decided that uh, they've entered, entered the transfer portal and they said, hey, I'm coming to UND next year from another school? That's a good question. I have not I have not met any of the new guys coming in, and I'm sure uh, um, since, you know, myself and Ness and I think a couple other guys are going to be sticking around here in the summer just to train and, and just with COVID and stuff and up in Calgary, I don't want to, you know, be dealing with not being able to get in a gym and rink and, you know, the facilities here are great. But I think having the opportunity to stay here, I think Brad will kind of use us. We can hopefully make some phone calls or texts or just, you know, do the same thing that the guys did for me when I first came here is, hey, welcome to the team. Let me know if you need anything because, you know, we're always happy to help each other out. Yeah, and uh, quickly, before we jump on to next year, I want to talk about Duluth. And uh, we all know, we all saw that game. We all watched it, heartbreak. Um, Just from a player's point of view, what – I mean, just tell me what, what you guys are going through, uh, period after period. Just absolute war, war. Yeah, ah, uh, man. Uh, uh, it, it's as tough as it is for us to talk about. I can't imagine what it, how tough it is yeah. for you to talk. It still about. stings a lot. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I think I think it was an incredible experience and a once in a lifetime experience. Honestly, I don't know if I'll ever play another. What is it? Two and a half game. Two and a half games like that, but on, yeah. a, on a back-to-back too, no less. Let's on not forget Duluth didn't have to play the morning before. I don't want to hear any complaints. So we're, gonna, we're gonna get to that after this. Well, okay, so yeah, so we'll circle back to that. Remind me because I want to make a comment on the on the them playing and we didn't. But um, on that game, it was just the coolest thing, just because every single intermission, guys are it, there was no nervousness, there was no nobody had any doubts in our mind like we were in that in that hallway about to get on for the next period and we're we were all like we're dialed in we're excited and we just knew like i've never ever had such like been felt so assured in my life that we were going to win a game and it was the same for everybody and and that's why i think it was so shocking because they scored that first one that got called off and we're just all sitting on the bench like what the what just happened there's no way our season's over and then got called back and it was like a whole breath of life i think I think that did rattle some people. And, uh, and I don't mean to interrupt you here. Mm-hmm. I, I apologize. But no, no. UMD getting that goal called back, as Sioux fans, we were like, this is the hockey gods. We're going to win yes. this game because of the Boston University 100%. call. 100%. Back like in the same barn three years three years ago, they, the BU rule. They were even talking about it on the TV, yeah. Dave Starman, the BU rule. So we were just probably as confident as you guys were. We had a lot of faith. Oh, exactly. And I said, okay. And like you said, that is the hockey gods right there. So I'm like, they took a goal from them that we have to win now. Like we have to win, and I don't know. It just it just happened, and, and we lost, and is what it is. Just just go through like I mean, uh, I hate to just talk about this game at length, but it's a legendary game. Like yeah. it will go down in college hockey history. It's the longest NCAA tournament game ever. Yeah. Uh, just go throughout like uh, how people were conditioning themselves in between periods because that's kind of an unspoken yeah. thing. No, I'm glad you asked that. So I think. Uh, Originally, it just started out with the typical, you know, Gatorade, get going, a little bit of banana, you know, your typical fruit. We had some watermelon, and then I think as the periods continued to go on, guys were guys were so tired, and they were starting to cramp up that we had to start getting, uh, they actually brought down Coca-Cola for us, so like straight caffeine and sugar. That jacked us up pretty well, and then it actually got to the point, it was that intermission where we lost the next period that... Kawaguchi, Sanderson, a couple other guys. I don't know if I'm allowed to. We might have to cut this out. I don't know if this is. 
No, I, I saw Brad Schlossman tweet about this. So you're, you're good to go. I know, I know what you're about okay, to talk perfect. about. So yeah, you're okay, good. Yeah, you're so good, then, go. good. Then I think then we can mention it. But uh, yeah, they were actually going to the doctor's office and getting straight injected with IVs. And I was going, this is National League. <laughs> like unreal i've never yeah because hey, these guys we don't joke like, around in north dakota too you, it's it's, hey, it's high end whatever you need and whatever literally what when they say that whatever you guys need you got it like it's incredible so yeah guys were literally cramping in their stalls they can't move so i mean juice them up with some iv and giving yeah. the boys some russian gas oh yeah that's some <laughs> diesel right there <laughs> so as that game went on and even in this will be my last question about that hockey game because obviously sore subject. Don't want to pour salt in the wound, but I mean the Sulies want to hear about it. You guys hit pipes. You hit Jasper Weatherby had that one go inches over the net. Um, landed, landed on top of the net. Landed That's on insane. top of the yep. net. And w- on the bench in the room, are you guys thinking it's just a matter of time? I know you kind of talked about that, but for us, I mean, I was sitting right where Sam's sitting on that red couch, and I'm like, it's just a matter of time at at, at this point, and. And when that final goal went in and they, they scored uh, on Shield, kind of, kind of a, you know, from the top of the circles, five-hole on Shield, what was the feeling immediately on the bench? It was just shock again. I don't know. It, we didn't even believe it. Guys were – I was looking to my left and right. Like, guys were just didn't know what to do because, yeah, it just it just didn't feel real. We, we honestly – believed and felt we were going to win that game and it is what it is but like you said guys were the amount of chances we had were outrageous like the amount of time i think dale hit the crossbar twice or post and and then you got uh i don't know sanderson tons of chances and and at the end of the game too like you know them say oh it's my guys putting the blame on themselves or i should have had this or that like that that i mean it pissed me off because it's like guy it's a team game like the amount of chances everybody could have had and and yeah, it just—I think it was a hell of a game, and 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 that goalie too on that other team, he battled, but he he cramped up, like he had to leave the game. He just couldn't physically stand up anymore, and and we were saying on the bench, like guys, just shoot the puck, because this guy couldn't even move. He couldn't even get up after going down one time, and 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 they swapped their goalie out. And do you think that made a difference? Do you think that was a game changer? It, it was, cause. I mean, Put fresh legs in that. It is. It is a big difference. But with that said, that that's a slight advantage for us off the hop because if he's fresh, he's he's cold. Like he's coming in cold. That's when we got to press on even harder and harder and and try to get that goal right away. Because if we get that goal right away, it's hey, great job. But you know, once he once he got settled into the game, that's a brand new goalie that's dialed in now and he's in versus Sheeler, who best obviously one of the best goalies in college hockey. And he's ripping it up right now in the A, but he couldn't even stand. So it's just it is what it is. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and as uh, like like I told you before we interview before we did the interview, I grew up in the state. I've had a, a lot of Sioux hockey heartbreak in my time. Uh, we won't really go into that too much. But this was the one game that I can honestly say that it it really didn't hurt as much just because of how long the game went and there really was no blame to place on anyone it was just like it was a total like we said before it was a hockey god game yeah uh i want to transition here to something a little bit more fun we'll get off the we'll get off the sad talk but uh one of the more entertaining games that i was at this year i went to i missed one home game but one of the more entertaining games that i was at this year was against omaha when you guys just absolutely routed them and you right here just decided to I don't know what you did to get that guy <laughs> so, to cross his wires. But that was uh that was an all all out line brawl and it was probably the first line brawl we've seen since what in the last 
10 years, that boys. That's an all-time Sioux hockey line brawler right there. Old-time WCHA hockey. Do you want, right do you want to walk us through that? What, what did you do on the face-off? nonetheless. What did you do on the face-off that I'd that guy to. just lost no, his so mind? We'll back, we'll back up a little bit. So so it all started out, I think, uh, I forget his name, but 40, 47 Ava- or 50. Avante. Who cares? Abate. We don't care. That guy's Avante. A, he's a clown. Yeah, I, I, we're not a big fan. It, it is what it is. We'll keep it on the ice, but... Um, he, uh, I'd say, I don't know, midway through the third period, it was an offensive zone draw. I took the draw. He didn't even look at the puck and went right for my wrist. And, and that didn't feel good. And, and then the next draw I go on again and, and he said, yeah, I'll break your wrist. And I said, okay, then do it. And then he didn't do it. And then, uh, um, yeah. And then we get to the very last draw before that happened. And I think what minute minute or minute thirty left in the game. Yeah, it was and it was low. It yeah, was, we it was very low. Bubs Bubs looks at me. And he's like, "Jammer, promise me you won't start anything." I go, I look him in the eyes. I said, "Bubs, I promise." I get out there and I promise you, I didn't try to start anything. He jumped you. I will say that he, he went you. right for my wrist again. So I just cross checked him back. I didn't say anything. I just gave him a shot back because I'm not going to take that. And and then the puck went up. Like I won the draw still. Puck went up, went D to D. I went to the point because, you know, F3 slide up. And he, Bate, he didn't even look. Like, he just went straight for me, grabbed my head, and started to go. So then I dropped him, and then boys backed me up. I love that. And, yeah, it was pretty unreal. I guess the rest is, is history. And the, and the second part that was awesome about that uh, about that little scrap there is we were sitting in the student section. Johnny Tyconic is a transfer, and he's not a big uh, fan favorite here in nope. Grand Forks by any means. Nope. And the fact that uh, I think it was Griffin Ness and uh, I forget who else. I think was Rieger maybe that they that they kind of tag team sure Johnny Tyconic. They went a little two-on-one. Was it Basti? No, that's Bast was on ProCop. Bast oh, was on ProCop. Right, that's right. Because they were actually chucking him. They got tossed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we loved seeing Johnny Tyconic get oh. – uh, and then he tried to he tried to pump up the crowd. I don't know yeah. what he was doing. He was he was a loser. But. Johnny was – literally had Nestor in a chokehold, and I just – I'm surprised. Anyway, I was just outrageous. I was pissed at that whole thing. And then the fact that he was standing up and literally – uh, yeah. Waving on the, giving like the, the gladiator, yeah, you're not entertained. Yeah, just like, egging it on, like like guy. It's literally we just <laughs> absolutely mopped you guys to win the Penrose, <laughs> and you're and you're chirping right now, and and this clown's starting a fight. Like, dude, let's have some class. It's a seven-two game. We, I don't ever want to start anything. You got to have some honor and respect in the game of hockey, and that that wasn't it. So I wasn't happy with that. We will personally take the blame for Johnny Tyconic's antics because uh, there was only three thousand fans in there, and any time we got quiet, and he was on the ice. He was getting it, and you knew he could hear us too. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. Did was there actual bad blood between you and Omaha, like uh, UND and Omaha? Because you guys played each other like the last six games of the year. As that came down to it like there had to be some bad blood going on i think it actually just had to do with the fact that yeah like you said last four four or five six games in a row we played them mm-hmm. so i think it just felt like a play it was a playoff series that's all it was and for for us to you know win four four i don't know five out of the one we lost one right we lost our senior night but for us to win as many as we did I, it just pissed them off and you know we're i don't think anybody actively seeks out like none of nobody on our group's cocky or you know went out of our way to be dicks or anything but yeah they didn't like it and and then it just yeah it just sparked up way too easily and i gotta ask one question here about academics uh, not many people know maybe some do um you are the first aviation major um to play for the und hockey team me being an aviation major myself just tell us kind of like what 
what went through that decision? That's a big decision to make. Yeah, so I think, uh, well, to, to give you the long story, really, uh, it started, well, both my grandparents are in aviation. My one grandfather, he's he's a navigator. My other's just got his private pilot license, so I've always been uh, very interested in becoming a pilot. And so I guess starting my um, college hockey process, recruiting process, I guess I, there were five schools that have aviation, that have Div 1 hockey programs. And obviously, North Dakota was number one on my list. Best of both worlds. Thank God you didn't go to Western Michigan. <laughs> so they were another one. I think Omaha also has one. I'm not 100% on that. But um, anyway, so yeah, they, they were a no-brainer. And, and as soon as I got to come here and actually see, you know, the facilities and everything that came out with it, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just a no-brainer. Well, so like, do you, are you going to be flying during season are you going to be taking class like how how does that work with your schedule because i know that it's been very difficult for me for four years and i couldn't imagine trying to play college hockey at the highest level and do that yeah so and that's and that's another big reason why i'm going to be staying here this summer um i'm i gotta i'm trying to take 102 i originally registered for it in the fall but you know now that i'm going to stay i'm going to try to switch it there's a lot of stuff that goes into that so i'm also crossing my fingers right now knock on wood but if I can, you know, make that happen, that would alleviate a lot of hours. Just talking with some people around, like I think there's 30 lessons I have to do for mm-hmm. 102. Yep. And 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 some people I'm talking to right now are just on lesson 16, and out of this whole semester, and that's a full five six months. So for me to do it in the summer would be huge when I don't have a lot going on, and that alleviate a lot of it for for when the fall and and the and the hockey starts up. I mean, Louis Jammernick, that's a great pilot name and a hockey player name. <laughs> I mean, so it, just wor- it works out great. I like and, that. Yeah. And I, and I kind of want to focus back on the hockey aspect of that and, uh, you know, talk about uh, just the memories you made this year. What what would you say was your favorite memory throughout your first year at uh, on campus for UND hockey? Holy smokes. I think, I think one of the coolest memories, um, there were so many, but uh, I think the first one would be uh new year's eve just just to meet all the guys really get with the guys and and just to hang out with them and and just yeah just an unreal group and for them to come up and say hey so happy to have you here and and things like that that kicked it off great um and then we have a you know a yearly tradition called palooza and um which was yeah it's heard of it yeah it's (laughs) yeah yeah, we'll never get the invite or we'll never even get close to anybody that ever goes to that no it it's it's uh it's very exclusive and it's it's very very fun yeah and that's that's one of the coolest traditions um but yeah that that was probably a really great night what about on the ice like uh i mean obviously off the ice stuff i mean you experience a rock star type lifestyle but um uh, on the ice uh let's talk about i mean for us as fans i mean we personally enjoyed the frozen face off being in grand forks i mean that was a rarity as well as winning the penrose uh in grand forks i mean what was that like both those experiences yeah i think I think hosting, be, being able to host was super cool. It, it was home ice advantage every single game and, and really loud. And I think uh, on that point of kind of home ice advantage was uh, going down to Fargo for, for, the, for the national tournament. That was, I, that was the loudest I've ever, I've ever heard. I know that Ralph can get loud when it's at full capacity, but for, I don't know what that ring's called, but in Fargo. Shields Arena. Yeah. Thank you, Something Shields Arena. said about a small barn. That barn was absolutely electric, so... Um, that was pretty loud, but yeah, I'd say top memories easily, easily that, uh, five overtime, even though it didn't go the way we wanted it to. Um, I'd say I'm never going to, f- never going to forget my first college hockey game, uh, in Colorado there. 
uh, that weekend in Denver. I think Denver's beautiful. Um, um, it's the one place we actually don't get to play next season. Which, which I will Denver? say is sad because that's actually one of the places where Sioux fans travel to the most is Denver it, when you yeah, guys are on the so road. So I don't – it is what it is. Hopefully they can make up for it in following seasons. But, uh, yeah, I just – I love going there. Um, yeah, got Nashville just, next year, though. Yeah. yeah. Nashville is – You got to be looking forward to that, huh? My, I was just talking to my dad about it yesterday. He's we're, – we're pumped. The whole family's <laughs> – yeah, it's just to be able to play in a National League arena like that is, is just going to be pretty unreal. Yeah, and we uh, we kind of talked to you outside of uh, one of the downtown establishments in Grand Forks one night. And you were talking to us about the Calgary Stampede. So Nashville yeah. for your parents, you're gonna have to let us know what the comparison is between yeah. Nashville and the and the Calgary Stampede. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Stampede is it's it's the best time of the year, honestly, for me. Mm-hmm. It, it's hometown, and and my house is you know a couple minutes away, so it's real nice to be nice and close and and hang out with. that's that's the one time a year where honestly you see all your friends from high school and and you see everybody like everybody's there so uh that's a big deal but yeah i'd, I'd not that we're gonna go out in nashville i don't think we'll have that opportunity to kind of experience nashville downtown but i think we will and i'd love to i'd love yeah. to hear a report <laughs> i'd love to hear a report on that because yeah we could kind of cross reference to see what similarities are with cowtown and, and nashville yeah, absolutely. And uh, being from Calgary, obviously you told us you're a Flames fan. You're a little bit of a Crosby Penguins fan as well, bandwagon. But uh, yeah. I, I would imagine that Jerome McGinley was one of your one of your favorite players growing up. Number one. Is that a guy that you uh, want to model your game after? Or is there someone in the NHL or even any other league that you've watched hockey that you try to model your game after the most? Uh, honestly, it, it Ginla was a big one. Um, used to be Ryan Getzlaff and, and, and Nash. But – Every year it honestly changes, I think, with my role as well. So I, because I try to dial in on the little things they do and stuff. But I'd say for this year coming up, I want to be like a Zach Hyman on Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know yeah, if you know Michigan him. Michigan alum. Exactly. They're a Michigan alum. And I think one of the coolest things that I heard on TV is is that um, guys coach or like high end players when Zach Hyman was going through Michigan. They were saying like the top players would go in the coaches off and say we want him on our line like we need him on our line because that guy is an absolute hound he wins every single puck battle he works his ass off and he can and he's got some finish like he's not the most skilled but he has a lot of skill he can finish yeah like the guy is all all time i think so if i could if I could play a little bit like that, I think I'd be pretty happy with myself. Yeah, and I know that. I, I love hearing that because um, you are like the typical UND, like meat and potatoes, get it done, you know, awesome player that just buries people and, and does whatever they need to do. Yeah. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. You guys got anything else? Should we do a little speed round here? We got we got speed round. We, we got always do speed round. Yeah. Yeah. We always do speed course. round to finish okay. out here, Jammer. Sure. Well, uh, Tyler, you want to go first? You go Sam. first. Um, all right, I'll ask you one thing we didn't talk about. You scored your first collegiate goal against Miami in the frozen face-off. Yeah. First time playing Miami, also yeah. in the play, first time playing in the playoffs in Grand Forks. You want to just run us through your, your first goal? Yeah, I thought it was it was pretty cool. Got off the bench right away, and Sendo and uh, Hayne were in the corner there, and I just I just kind of kind of cheated down as an F three. I saw the puck pop out, and I just that week actually. Leading up to that, I was working with Jackson. Just he would pop pucks out from that exact spot, right into that spot, and I was just shooting them, shooting them on net, and the puck popped out, and I didn't even think automatically shot it. I know it wasn't a snipe; it literally just tucked right in, but I just shot it right away, and 
it went in so i was pumped it counts exactly it they counts. don't ask how they ask how many even <laughs> though it's just one this year but yeah, there's know. many more to come there's many more to come for sure well my question is uh so your last name is jammer nick we talked about it earlier your nickname on the team is jammer of course right matches the name matches the play who has the best nickname on the team besides you and you can't say gavin hain because tommy said dale is the best nickname so you got to come yeah, up with someone that else. would holy smokes i know pinto is called beans i don't know what that's all about pinto beans well, I got some good smarts, eh? <laughs> that should have been standing right in front of me. Um, I'd say Beetle. Uh, Reese, Gaber. He's Gaber? Yeah, just because he's small, I think. and He's just a pest. He's a pest on the ice, and he's a hell of a player. So that fits him very well. I, I like that Beetle. I, it's fitting. Um, I, I'm going to have to do more research into the insect to kind of understand the nickname <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> I don't know if it was deep thought, but, yeah, it definitely works well. But but my speed round question, I think I'd be remiss if, uh, remiss if I didn't ap- absolutely ask a question about this. Before we talked, uh, we mentioned about your experiences in junior hockey. Just maybe uh, we call it a speed round, but don't uh, feel like you have to make it quick. Just tell us your best junior hockey story you have on hand junior hockey story yeah yeah just like uh, I, just a crazy moment you know off the ice preferably <laughs> <laughs> honestly i i can't think of i can't think of off the ice i mean rookie party as a rookie in brooks was was really fun just because it wasn't legal at all but the 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 manager of the uh rickies just let us have the bar and and just you know free range at the taps and uh, and there was a basement that was super weird. Like there were, there was no drywall. It was all just like the studs of the basement, and we were there, like negative air quality. <laughs> uh, just a bunch of, you know, pong tables set up, and yeah, we just hung out and had a good time. But it was that was just the sketchiest time. But it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Is rookie party for Canadian junior? I mean, I played in a very very low uh, league junior hockey. And they always like dress the rookies up as girls. Is that the same in Canadian Junior as well? And then if that is, what uh, what was your outfit? What was your outfit looking like? Um, <laughs> uh, I was not dressed up as a girl, but I was passed down a banana hammock. Oh, if you guys are familiar with the Borat? Just strictly oh, yeah, cups, a little, cups the nuts. It's a little rated R for yeah, our program. Rated R look, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and right over the shoulders, and it's just two straps, and it, it covers about, you know, about, you know, 2% of the square footage of the body. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I think it was hilarious, and I had a pair of boots on, and, and, you know, I was allowed to wear a shirt, you know, walking in and out, but as soon as we got into that basement, I obviously wasn't allowed to wear it, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't the best look, but I think it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. But I think uh, we – you got one more, Tyler? I think uh, I think we're good here. Should we wrap it up? All right. Well, Louis, you know what? It was uh, it was an honor to have you on our podcast. Uh, we look forward to seeing how you play next year. Looking forward to the boys coming back next year. We got a big year ahead. Like we said, we got the Gophers next year. We have Duluth and the Gophers at home back-to-back. That's going to be a huge weekend. Uh, hopefully, we can try to find some time for school in between them. But uh, – We thank you for coming on and uh, look forward to seeing what you got coming. Yeah, no, really appreciate your time, boys.